millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to Recycle by Eurosport, a retrospective series on the most compelling, the most controversial, and the most extraordinary riders and races in cycling history. Written by Felix Lowe and narrated by me, Graham Wilgos. Last time out, we look back on Brian Robinson, the first British winner of a stage of the Tour de France in 1958, who also won a stage of the 1959 Tour when he blew the field away, winning by a huge margin of 20 minutes and six seconds, the fourth largest in history. In this edition of Recycle, we take a closer look at the history of the most famous jersey in sport, the Mayo Jean, and the first man ever to wear it, Frenchman Eugène Christophe, in 1919. Golf has its green jacket, the Olympic Games its gold medals, and the NFL its Super Bowl rings. But nothing quite measures up to the Tour de France's mythical Mayo Jean. Worn by the leader and eventual winner of the world's biggest bike race, the yellow jersey is a prize unlike any other. A single day in yellow can make a career, while losing the yellow jersey can, and has, ended them. Everyone has their favourite yellow jersey anecdote. From Tommy Vockler's two 10-day stints in the race lead, to Laurent Fignon losing the 1989 Tour in yellow on the Champs-Élysées by just eight seconds. Or perhaps it's any one of the raft of riders to have crashed out in yellow, or even the great Raymond Polydor's record eight podium finishes in the Tour without ever once having worn the leader's jersey. As the garment's biographer Peter Cosins says, the Mayo Jean has taken on a significant symbolic status within French life, very much wrapped up in many French people's childhood memories, signalling the start of summer, of holidays, of what, for many, are memorable family moments. There's confusion as to when the first yellow jersey appeared, largely thanks to an interview that three-time tour winner Philippe Tice gave to a Belgian magazine when he was 67 years old. Nicknamed the Basset Hound Tice, whose victories came in 1913, 1914 and 1920, told Champion A. Vedette in 1956 that he was awarded a yellow jersey in 1913 but had declined, claiming he would be more visible in yellow and it would encourage rivals to gang up against him. Tice said he gave in and wore it, and yet no newspaper before the war mentions a yellow jersey, much less any specific garment donned by the race leader. Indeed, the first official mention of a garment designating the race leader was published in the newspaper Lotto on the 10th of July 1919, between the 6th and 7th stages of the first post-war edition of the tour. To identify the leader, the headline ran, a great idea from our editor-in-chief. 
The copy continued, In order to allow the sportsman to recognise straight away the leader of our great race in the middle of the Tour de France peloton, our editor-in-chief, Henri de Grange, has just decided that from now on, the leader of the general classification will wear a special jersey. This jersey has today been ordered. It is likely that from Marseille, the leader of the Tour will be able to wear it. Marseille was indeed the start town of the ninth stage on the 15th of July 1919, but the initial orders of New Jersey's were not ready for another four days, ahead of the 11th stage from Grenoble to Geneva. There were four days between the ninth and 11th stages in 1919, because each gargantuan stage was followed by a much-needed day of recovery. The shortest of that year's 15 stages was 315 kilometres, the longest 482, or 300 miles. Cosins says the introduction of the yellow jersey cycling's first ever classification jersey, was very much an afterthought once the race was underway, with the suggestion being made after the fourth stage and the jersey only presented prior to stage 11. The logic behind having a special jersey was quite simple. To help the riders and roadside public identify the race leader amid the identical apparel of the weary men who had ridden through the elements. It was a suggestion by the former Peugeot team boss Alphonse Bourget, who was manager of the La Sportive consortium that clustered together the top squads. Prior to the Great War, the riders did race for trade teams with different jerseys, but in 1919, almost all the leading racers competed under the banner of La Sportive, says Cosins. Their riders wore light grey jerseys and, with the mud and dust on the road, would quickly become indistinguishable from each other. Stage 13 of the 2019 Tour, the 27.2-kilometre individual time trial in Pau, marked the 100th anniversary of the Maillot-Jean, a century since Christophe the Canary first cut such a distinctive figure in the peloton. Eugène Christophe, one of the pioneers of cyclocross, was favourite for the 1913 race. A skilled mechanic, he even forged a new front fork after his original had snapped in two when he was clipped by a race vehicle on the Tourmalet. He was in the race lead at the time, and it would not be the first time his front fork failed him. Still, he holds the distinction of being the first Mayo Jean, as Christophe explained in an interview with Sporting Cyclist magazine. So soon after the war, the cycle industry was not yet in action again, and the only brand supplying material was La Sportive, and there was little difference between any of the jerseys they supplied. It was on the 482-kilometre stage from Le Sable de Lon to Bayonne, stage 5, on the 7th of July 1919, Monsieur Bourget, an official, remarked to Henri de Grange that it was difficult enough for him to pick out the various riders, and the public must find it impossible. Couldn't the race leader wear a special jersey? According to Cosins, de Grange replied, Good heavens, perhaps it is a good idea, but what colour shall this jersey be? I don't know, said Bourget, but off the top of my head, if I were in your position, I would ensure having a jersey that's the same colour as the paper in your newspaper. And so the now famous yellow jersey was born, reflecting the mustard yellow of the pages of the main sponsor of the race at the time. It was first presented in the first hour of the 19th of July at Le Censeur Café in Grenoble ahead of the 2am start of the 325-kilometre stage to Geneva. The rider leading the race when the idea of a leader's jersey was first mooted at the end of stage four was the man who eventually donned the first Maillot Jean two weeks later. Christophe had taken over the lead from Henri Pellissier in Brest after the third stage and was still top of the pack come Grenoble. In an editorial in Lotto on 19th of July 1919, de Grange wrote, This morning I handed over to the valiant Christophe a superb yellow jersey. You already know that our director decided that the man leading the general classification should wear a jersey in the colours of Lotto. Christophe disliked wearing the thick, woollen yellow jersey, 
and, so the rumour goes, complained that spectators imitated canaries when he passed. It didn't help that his name was already Cree-Cree, French baby talk for a bird. According to a 1999 article by Jean-Paul Olivier, Christophe remembered riders and spectators teasing, Ah, the yellow jersey! Isn't he beautiful, the canary? What are you doing, Madame Cree-Cree? The incessant ribbing, he said, lasted the whole course. This could well have been an exaggeration on Christophe's part, for the jersey back then was more the colour of Dijon mustard than the canary yellow that it is today. So, what happened next? Christophe spent three days being tormented in yellow before losing the jersey on the penultimate day after suffering on the shoddy cobbled roads of Valenciennes in northern France, the same problem that had thwarted him in the Pyrenees in 1913, though this time it was the road, rather than a race vehicle, that scuppered him. Christophe lost almost three hours repairing his front fork during stage 14 from Metz to Dunkirk, conceding the race to Belgium's Fermin Lambeau. In Lotto the next day, de Grange wrote, Poor, poor Christophe. However, stay calm, my brave Christophe. All real sportsmen will shed a tear today after your incredible misfortunes. And for us, the historians of the Tour de France, we will know every year when the moment comes to vaunt the exploits of past rides that the 13th Tour de France must have been yours without the cobblestones of the north. In the final stage, Christophe fell from second to third behind Jean Alavoine after an unfortunate run of punctures. They may have taunted him for resembling a canary, but Christophe's plight captured the public imagination and he was awarded the same prize money as Lambeau, the first tour winner in yellow. The prize money was raised through subscription fees paid to Lotto, with the financier Henri de Rothschild allegedly the largest donor with 500 francs. As reported by Les Woodland in his Yellow Jersey Guide to the Tour de France, it took 20 pages in the newspaper to name every donor. Besides this cash injection, something good did come of Christophe's second failure thanks to his unfortunate forks. He got a job offer from the owner of the workshop where he carried out the repair because his work was so precise, says Cousins. Christophe was a precursor to Polydor, never winning the tour but finishing second in 1912 and third in 1919. Unlike Polydor, who famously never wore yellow, Christophe wore yellow again in 1922 for three days but slipped to eighth place in Paris. After Lambeau inherited Christophe's yellow in 1919, the following tour initially scrapped the Mayo Jean before reintroducing it after stage 9. Following de Grange's death in 1940, his stylized initials were added to the yellow jersey. Originally on the chest, they moved to the sleeve in 1969 and now appear on the right-hand side above the waistline. Christophe was not only the first tour rider to wear the yellow jersey, but started the fine tradition of riders who lost yellow through misfortune or bad luck. The great Gino Bartley crashed into a river and out of the tour in 1937 while in yellow. A decade later, Pierre Brambilla lost the yellow jersey on the very last stage to Jean Robich, who won the tour without once wearing yellow. That feat would later be emulated in 1968 by Jan Janssen, who denied Hermann van Springle on the final day. Perhaps more famously for today's cycling fans, Frenchman Laurent Fignon lost the yellow jersey on the last day after the concluding time trial in 1989 resulted in Greg LeMond winning the race by eight slender seconds. The bespectacled Fignon, however, was a beneficiary of another yellow jersey's misfortune six years earlier when he won his first tour. Compatriot Pascal Simon had battled on with a fractured shoulder blade for days in yellow before succumbing to his injuries on Alpe d'Huez just days before Paris as Fignon swooped. In more recent years, both Fabian Cancellara and Tony Martin have crashed out of the tour while in yellow, albeit with both unlikely to have sustained their challenge into the mountains. 
But more than anyone else, the name of Eddie Merckx is perhaps most synonymous with the yellow jersey, the cannibal having made it his own after winning his debut tour by almost 18 minutes. Merckx holds the record for the most amount of days in yellow. He has worn it on 111 occasions, which, taking into account split stages, amounts to 96 days in the Maillot Jaune. The iconic jersey, Merckx told Cousins, takes me back to summer holidays when I was a kid. Yellow is the colour of the fields blasted by the sun around the village where our grandparents farmed. After Merckx, Lance Armstrong spent 83 days in yellow, Bernard Eno 79 days, Miguel Induran 60 days, and Jacques Onkatil 52 days. Chris Froome, still with hopes of winning a fifth title, has 59 days in yellow so far. The rider with the most amount of days in yellow without winning the tour is Switzerland's Fabian Cancellara, with his total of 29 coming largely thanks to his tendency to win prologue time trials in his pomp. The history of the yellow jersey is not without controversy, however. Even before the days of Lance, according to Cousins, the most controversial figure associated with the jersey is Frenchman Michel Polentier. After his victory at Alpe d'Huez in 1978, Polentier never got to wear the yellow jersey in the race because he was kicked out when he was found attempting to cheat the dope control with the contents of a rubber bag filled with clean urine, Cousins explains. And then there's the rum case of triple tour winner Louison Bobet, who initially refused to wear the jersey in the 1950s on the grounds that it was, owing to a sponsorship agreement in his day, made from a synthetic material and not from the traditional wool. Before the start of the 106th edition of the race and the 100th anniversary of the Mayo Jean, a total of 2,145 yellow jerseys had been awarded to 286 different riders. During the 2019 tour, Julian Alaphilippe became the 288th wearer of the yellow jersey after Mike Turnison. With his heroic performance and a total of 14 days in yellow, Alaphilippe has already overtaken the number of days his distant predecessor Christophe reluctantly spent in the Canary jersey. Indeed, Lulu's titanic performance eventually gave him 11 days consecutively in yellow, beating the 10-day run that another Frenchman, Tommy Vockler, achieved on two separate occasions. With French fans still waiting for a post-Eno tour winner, Vockler gave the home nation something to dream about when he defied Armstrong for 10 days in yellow in 2004. He then repeated this feat in 2011, losing the jersey on stage 18 on Alpe d'Huez to Andy Schleck, who himself then conceded the lead to Cadell Evans before Paris. If Vaucler's two runs in yellow encapsulated the French romance with the Maillot Jean, then Alaphilippe's, who became the first Frenchman since Vaucler to wear yellow on Bastille Day after his attack into Saint-Étienne on stage 8, helped to write a new chapter in the race's rich history. Fittingly, after his time trial win in Poe on stage 13, it was Alaphilippe who was presented with a special limited edition jersey bearing the image of Eugène Christophe. And, given his predecessor's luck, Perhaps it was only right that he should hold on for so long before being overtaken only in the final three stages by Egan Bernal. This has been another episode of Recycle by Eurosport, written by Felix Lowe and narrated by me, Graham Wilgos, produced by Pete Burton. You can read more from Felix on Twitter, at Saddleblaze, and you can hear more from me, at Graham Wilgos. And you can follow Eurosport at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook. Join us for our next episode when we'll be looking back to Eddie Merckx's greatest season, the year the cannibal broke rival Luis Acaña by almost winning two stages in one day during the 1972 Tour de France. 
In the meantime, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe, share and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.